as he was baptized, we are baptized. As he lived, we strive to live. As he teaches, we pledge to learn. In his name, we pray these things. Amen. Today's scripture reading is Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17, the baptism of Jesus. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw God's Spirit descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from the heavens said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you. Jesus came to the river. Jesus came with intention and with purpose that day. Scripture says that he came from Galilee to John at the Jordan. He came with the intention of walking into the waters of baptism. John did not want to baptize Jesus. He saw no need to baptize the Savior. The Lord's response to John's denial of his request, as John said, I need to be baptized by you, yet you come to me. Jesus responds, let it be so now. The more literal translation of the words used is permit it. Jesus is acknowledging the truth in John's words. There is no human need for Jesus to be baptized. There is no sin to be washed away. Yet Jesus asks John to allow this oddity to happen because it is a necessary one. Permit it now, he says. Allow me to do this. Allow yourself to do this. Allow them, the onlookers, who came craving the preaching and teaching of John and of Jesus, allow them to be witness. And into the waters of the Jordan our Savior went. Down below the surface of the water, which mimics death, and up and into new life, new beginnings. And in that moment, as the face of the Savior breaks through the surface of the water, the Trinity, the triune God is re reunited. The sky opens, the Holy Spirit comes once again to hover just as the Spirit hovered at creation. The voice of God speaks a holy word of pleasure as God says, this is my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And the Savior brushes the cleansing water from his face. The three in one, reunited and together, just as they were at the moment of creation. This is the one point in time in the New Testament where the Trinity is mentioned as being in one place at one time. 
I don't believe this is a coincidence. I believe that God designed this moment to be recorded in the scriptures. I believe that God wants us to take notice of the Trinitarian presence of God at Jesus' baptism. I believe God wants us to notice how it harkens back to the Trinitarian presence at the moments of creation. But why? Why do I believe it's important to notice that all three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, were present at both occasions? We'll get back to that. How many of you have heard of flea market flip? Anybody? I mean, flippers? You guys flippers? Yeah, oh, Mary Lou, she's an antiques girl. She's for sure. So Flea Market Flip was a TV show that showcased local artists, collectors, craftsmen who would go to flea markets and they would buy used furniture. You know, the the kind that's kind of in bad shape. Nobody really wants them. Sometimes they don't even go to flea markets. Sometimes they just find stuff along the side of the road. Do you ever see, do you ever notice around bulk pickup time, all of a sudden there's all this traffic in your neighborhood? Because scavengers are out looking for treasure. Kind of, you know, that saying, one man's trash is another man's treasure. They're like living into that. So anyway, they take these trash pieces and they transform them into something completely new. Sometimes they just redo them. They sand away the rough spots and tighten up any loose screws. Then they strip away all of the dirt and the grime that's attached itself to the piece over the years. Sometimes they have to to cleanse away the marks left by bad choices, like that time that I drew on the side of my dresser that my grandparents had bought, my sister and I. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. I got in a lot of trouble. Or, Or when you forget to use a coaster and you get that ring on your furniture, See, these craftsmen come and they clear away all of that with their work, all those bumps and and bruises, and then they begin the process of creating a new life for a new piece. This is the case with this dresser. With this dresser, tell me there's a dresser. There will be in a minute in the coming dresser. (laughs) This was a dresser that someone had used and abused and discarded. Picture it in your mind as if it were on the wall. These people threw the dresser away because it didn't seem like there was any life left in it. That looks pretty beat up, doesn't it? Looks kind of rough. Broken drawers, weird pieces of wood nailed to the front scribbles and markers, all I see is trash. If I were driving down the road, I would not stop my car to pick up this treasure. But not everyone sees everything the same as I do, thank you, Jesus. Because my friend from New Life Church in Lima saw this dresser on the side of the road, and he had been wanting a blessing box for his church. And he had been in conversation with God about it. And then he and another gentleman saw this dresser lying alongside of the road on the way to the church. And they thought, the Lord provides. 
That is a direct quote. The Lord provides. And, and when he said that to me, I was like, really? This broken down hunk of junk is what the Lord provided in response to your pleas and your cries? I think I would have had another conversation with God alongside the road. I would have said, um, Lord, I need something for a blessing box. Maybe you were multitasking and you didn't hear me quite clearly. I need something that will be a blessing to our community. But my friend said, the Lord provides. Even though this box doesn't seem like much of a blessing to me, that would have just been my reaction. I saw a broken down, beat up, and bruised from being abused dresser that is headed for its final destination, as it should be, the dump. And I would have been fine with that. I would have drove right on past. But God, see there's that phrase again. But God doesn't see things the way that we see them. And luckily, he has gifted some others, not me, some others to see things with his craftsman's eye for potential. Because this, I hope, is what the hunk of junk turned into. Oh my goodness. If this were the price is right, I'd be fired. So, under the careful eye of the craftsman, the hunk of junk dresser was shored up and repaired, was strengthened, cleaned, repainted, and is now proudly installed at New Life Church as their new blessing box. It has shiny new handles and hinges. It's been painted a brilliant white. And even more important than how it looks, it has a mission this dresser. This old beat-up dresser has been made a new creation. Is it up there? Hallelujah. That's my friend on the left, and that's the craftsman on the right. So the guy on the left is who looked at the hunk of junk dresser and said, the Lord provides. And then he and his friend brought new life the old beat-up dresser has been made a new creation, given new life, but most importantly, it's been given a new job. My prayer is that this dresser will stand tall for many years to come as the blessing box that sits outside of their church. And one of the neighbors immediately came over with canned goods and boxes of cereal. Before the dresser had been sitting there for 10 minutes, it already was living into its new purpose. All because someone saw the potential in it. Isn't that amazing? So what does a beat-up old dresser have to do with the baptism of Christ and the Trinity? Well, I say everything, everything. So often when I preach about the baptism of Jesus, I preach about God's uh, reaction to baptism. I love participating in baptisms because in my mind's eye I picture Jesus as he emerges from the water and and the water rolls off of his face and the booming voice of God because I always hear it like it's in surround sound the booming voice of God says this is my son with whom I am well pleased and I see the Holy Spirit present in the form of a dove and I know that that in this sanctuary and in the sanctuary in Republic where I've baptized people, 
that, that that same thing happens in the heavens. The voice of God is heard in our very souls and it says, this is my child with whom I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit is present. And Jesus, Jesus rejoices. I always think no matter whether it's a, an infant like Grant or a young child like the girls, a teenager who's being confirmed and, and baptized and declaring for themselves that they believe, or an adult who's choosing to profess faith in God, I always have that same emotional response. I always think about God's reaction to that moment, and it's always wonderful and always overwhelming and humbling. And that's usually what I preach about, is God's response to our surrender. But this week, as I prepared for this sermon, as I read through the scriptures, I read something in my study that really impacted me. It drew parallels between the creation story and the baptism of Jesus. It was remarked that the Trinity in Genesis brought order to chaos through the word. That God created order, light, dark, day, night land and water. Just, just picture it for a moment. I have to close my eyes, but maybe you don't. But, but just picture the, the overwhelming and oppressive darkness. And then the word. And there was a pinpoint of light that grew brighter and brighter until it overwhelmed the darkness. And God called it light and the other dark. And then God created the sun and the moon and the stars and called it day and night. And then he created land. And order began to come into this chaotic space. And in the Trinity's presence at baptism, order is created from chaos again. And you might say, Pastor, that doesn't make any sense. Jesus, the perfect son of God, is being baptized to model for us. But what is Jesus modeling for us in that moment? What is he truly modeling? Because he doesn't even need to be baptized. It's symbolic for him. But for us, when we come to the waters of baptism, we come in chaos. If you're an infant, you may not come in your own chaos, but you come in the chaos that you inherit. The generational chaos that, that burdens our very souls. And your parents and your godparents and your family, those who love you, they know enough to bring you to where order can be restored in your very soul. If you come as a young person or you come as an adult, you come in chaos. You come beaten up and bruised and broken and having made bad decisions and inheriting those and being impacted by the free will choices of others that have burdened our very selves. And you come to the waters for order to be restored. In the scriptures of Matthew, we read of baptism as a new beginning where God enters into the chaos of our sins through his word. Through Jesus, once again, the word enters into chaos and creates order. Does not create perfection. Hear me, Christian. 
Jesus does not create perfection in that moment, but he puts you on the ordered path to perfection that is sanctification, offering you salvation. So don't come to the waters thinking it's gonna be easy breezy. Order is still challenging, but it is protected until it is perfected. There was no reason for Jesus to be baptized. He had no sin within him. He entered into this world so that he could experience what we experience, pain and loss. He took on sin so that sin could be defeated. Salvation could be had. Go back in your mind's eye to that chaotic blackness of the moment prior to creation, the nothingness. And then God enters the moment. In be, the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we know that the Spirit of God hovered over that moment, over the, the chaos. And creation was had, and new creation was born. The light and the dark, the day and the night, the sky and the water, the land and the sea, the sun and the moon. Through the word, order, new life was born in the form of vegetation and animals. And finally, finally, creation made in the image of God. And God breathed life into them and blessed them. And then he set them on mission. Because what good is a new creation without a mission? God blessed them and and he said, be fruitful and increase in number and care for all that I have created. God created and God commissioned. He made them and then he gave them a mission. Go and do. Fulfill my plans for you. Somewhere along the way, we got beat up, bruised, marked by bad decisions and poor choices that we made and those who were made for us and those that created the sinfulness that we inherited. Somewhere along the way, we got tossed to the side, too sinful to do anyone any good, kind of like that dresser, thrown along the side of the road, not good for anything anymore. Maybe it was never that good to start with. But then, but God, then Jesus enters into the moment. Jesus sees the potential in us. Jesus saw the potential in humanity. God saw our potential. The Holy Spirit empowers that potential. The Trinity saw what we were created to be, not what we had become, not what we have been labeled, not what has been said, but who we are. And God said, it is very good. The craftsman, the creator himself became man entered into humanity so that order could be restored, so that we could be restored. Jesus came to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. Christ the man walked into the waters of the Jordan River to be baptized, not because he needed to, because he wanted to. Jesus came to the waters to be baptized so that once again, God could bring order to chaos. Jesus came to the waters to be baptized so God could enter into the chaos with us. The chaos of our own sin, the chaos of our own choosing, 
the chaos of our inheritance, the chaos that has been thrust upon us, and Jesus will do what we cannot do for ourselves. Stop trying to save yourself. If we could save ourselves, we wouldn't need a savior. Jesus would die so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we are given access to salvation, so that we are gifted grace because we cannot earn it. We don't deserve it. It's our very brokenness that drew Christ to us. It's our very beat up condition that made him stop alongside of the road and gather us up and say, it can be different. It can be better. I can change this, but we have to let him. Jesus looked at the world and saw God's creation and our potential and our very worth. Remember, God said, it is very good. That means more than what anyone else says. God loves us, even on the days that we feel like there is no good in us to love. And it is on those days when we feel like there is no good in us that God sees the most potential in us. Because on those days, we'll let him pick us up. We'll let him take us, transform us. Because on the days that we think we can do it ourselves, we try to fix ourselves. But on the days that we're broken and beat up and bruised and alongside of the road and nobody sees any worth in us and somebody drives by and, and says, that if that's what the Lord provided, I'd like to have another conversation. I don't want that. But God says, I want that. I'm coming for that just for that, for the most beat up, the most bruised, the most broken, the most stained, the most scarred, the one who thinks they're not worthy to lay on the side of the road, God says, I can do something with that. We have to allow God access. We have to allow ourselves to be picked up. Because when we allow God in, when we allow the triune God, the one that parts the heavens and says, this is my child with whom I am well pleased, the one who draws the very spirit of God into our presence, the Jesus who died for us to battle sin and defeat sin and offer salvation, when we let them in, oh, something's about to happen. There's another thing I want us to see in the word for today because so often we look at baptism as a destination. Baptism is a taking off point. It's not you haven't arrived, you've just begun. You've just departed. When you are baptized and you let God in to do that work, just as Christ emerged from the depths of the water and the sky opened up and the voice spoke, Jesus' identity was confirmed. John said he's coming. John said he's coming. John said he's here. But God, when God said, this is him. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. He has come. That's when Jesus' work began in the public for all to see. Baptism isn't a destination. It's not a fulfillment of anything. It's a new beginning that acknowledges God's presence in our lives, that acknowledges God's pleasure in our relationship, that acknowledges that we understand 
that Christ died for our salvation. And then our work begins, just like the dresser. We have new life. We have new purpose. And even though we may have gotten off course and though we bear the, you know, the, the scratches in the broken wood are still under there. It's not new. It's a new you. It's st- it's, he still bears some scars. But when you are baptized, you believe in the craftsman intention of helping you to do good in spite of. To put on Christ doesn't mean that you're perfected in that moment. It means that you're protected in that moment and beyond. Jesus left this moment of affirmation through baptism and he began his work, living into the mission and ministry. So today, I want you to remember that you have been baptized or that you will be baptized. And the heavens open, the spirit hovers, the voice of God speaks, the resurrection is remembered, and you are deployed, you have departed into the mission field that is the rest of your life, walking toward perfection, fulfilling your purpose in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And all God's people said, amen. So we're going to sing a song in response to the word.